We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What is going on? It's time for week 11, which means it's time for the Roto World DFS Pick 6 presented by Roto Grinders. I'm Eric Crane, joined once again by two of the absolute best in the business. First, we got Mr. Rich Rebar. What's going on, Reeves? What's going on, guys? It's, you know, it's kind of a fun time of the year. I talked about it last week. I thought that the week was going to end up turning out fun and there was going to be a lot of actual variance in like regular what we thought were base lineups. And there certainly was. And I think when you when I look at this week, it's going to be pretty similar. There are a lot of just options all over the board, whatever you want to do. Um, so, I mean, it's starting to, get to be a fun time of the fantasy season because as much variance there's been in this fantasy season from like a season long stance. I feel like most weeks up until last week for DFS, like a lot of the regular plays hit one, they hit pretty consistently all season and two, they were kind of in our faces, you know, for as far as, you know, guys we want to play. So we're finally getting, getting, getting it mixed up and having a, you know, a fun time of the year where we get different plays on the board every week. You know, I don't know about you, but last week was not fun for me, but Evan, I was listening to your podcast with Warren Sharp and it turned out to be a good week for you. Yeah, it, it, was, it was solid. I mean, I wouldn't say that it was great, but uh, it was a lot better than like during the day that I expected because <laughs> I think that just everybody got everything wrong. Um, and I had enough like Garrett Selleck to uh, put me in position. I mean, I played him in cash and he, you know, the reason that I played him in cash, I'm not trying to sound like a genius, was to get to Antonio Brown, you know, <laughs> who didn't do anything. But he like single-handedly saved uh, Antonio, I mean, if you would have given me, you know, four for 67 and one from Antonio Brown and uh, three for 47 from Garrett Selleck, I would have been I would have been a little disappointed, but I would have been like, you know, I can compete with that. And I was able to compete with that. And now we move from Garrett Selleck week to Bruce Ellington slash Rex Burkett week. Yeah, it's funny. It turns out you actually played Garrett Selleck to get to Antonio Brown. It's funny how that works out, isn't it? I know, isn't it? It's just, it just goes to show you how much variance there is in this sport. You know, no one really has a high floor. No one really has a high floor. I mean, there are running backs that, that you know, sort of do uh, just because they'll get so many touches, but no one really has a great floor, especially at wide receiver. Yeah, so let's go ahead and talk about our first game because we're talking about running backs with high floors, and we got a couple of them in this game that are just been crushing it for DFS owners this year. It's Washington at New Orleans, total of 51, New Orleans, seven and a half point favorites. Reeves, I have just been wrong on Drew Brees every single week this year. And by that, I mean I've been playing him every week, and it's just the running back that keeps crushing it. Um, talk to me about this New Orleans Saints offense. Like, what can we expect from them moving forward? What? 
doing? I mean, it's what we talk, you know, we did those best ball shows over the summer and we kind of talked about Adrian Peterson and why we liked him and Mark Ingram. We were all, we talked about Mark Ingram and Adrian Peterson basically, I think every two weeks in the, during the summer, because we thought this offensive line was one of the best offensive lines in the NFL. We thought they'd be able to score a lot of points and that they would be able to move, you know, defensive units off the ball. And they've kind of done that. Now that they're playing defense, uh, you know, that in synchronicity with running the ball, it's really captured Breeze. I mean, he's been under 30 pass attempts now, what, you know, five of his past six games uh the, he's still just as surgical as ever it's just he's not involved in these shootouts these back and forth games they don't really require him to you know put the ball up 45 times anymore that's what's happening I will say though like you though I mean the, the thing is his price isn't dropped so you really can't play him in cash but I mean like you there's some touchdown regression to chase you know in tournaments I mean this is a team since they've since they've traded Adrian Peterson and come off that bye they've led the NFL in offensive touchdowns they've scored 18 offensive touchdowns over this span just five have been passing you know the nfl league rate for passing touchdowns is 69 percent a very nice number for everyone out there but i mean the saints are not having a nice number just 28 percent you know over that span so there's some some positive regression we had rushing touchdowns are largely circumstantial to uh just where you get you, you can you get on the doorstep i mean they're just, these guys 30 yard runs for touchdowns they're just getting right to the doorstep and pounding them in so there's gonna be some some touchdown regression I don't know if it will be this week it very well could be to a team that just allowed four touchdowns to Case Keenum you know basically through you know two and a half quarters of that game and they've allowed you know Wentz got him for four you know a couple weeks ago and someone else touched him up too for a, a multiple touchdowns the week before the only game that the Redskins have been good against the pass was the deck in the rain game over their past four games. Um, so, I mean, there, there's a chance it could be, uh, but this is, this is the team. When you look at the way Washington is built, they're built to, you know, for the saints to kind of have success with the way they've been doing, you know, uh, they've got two good corners on the outside, even though Josh Norman's gotten the business, you know, two weeks in a row, Doug Baldwin got him out of the slot. Diggs got him twice in that game. And then Thielen had a nice catch where it was more in his own coverage, but you know, he kind of shielded him off. Uh, but I think it'll be a game where you listen, you just keep riding, you know, Ingram and Kamara, you know, you can keep playing these guys every week because they're going to get the touches. And when you look at the way the saints are built, Outside of Michael Thomas, I mean, Ted Ginn has been a nice story this year, but he only has more than four catches in one game. He's still Ted Ginn. He's not going to guy you're going to pump targets to. They have no tight end presence. Willie Sneed hasn't been able to get on the field. Brandon Coleman is their third receiver. I mean, this is a team that their best playmakers are Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara, and they're utilizing those guys uh, to the strength of their offense. I think it's be more of the same, you know, for the Saints. You know, you can chase it, that touchdown regression in tournaments, but, I mean, um, I'm going to keep playing these backs. You know, Evan, when I had looked last year, I had kind of been paying attention to uh, what the Saints were doing. And when they were pay, pat, facing some pass funnel defenses, they were still airing it out, even if they were up big. But mm -hmm. this year, it just hasn't been the case just because their running game has been so good. Yeah, I remember like in, in my matchups column, you know, for years, because there were so many just fantasy factors in the Saints passing game that that like block of like paragraph would end up being just unwieldy each week, you know, and I'd have to just like try to cut out words, you know, repeatedly, but it's not really like that anymore. Cause we don't really have to talk about Kobe Fleener. He didn't even really play for the saints anymore. Um, Willie Sneed hasn't had a target since week six, you know, uh, Michael Thomas has been steady, non-prolific, just like his quarterback. Um, I think that what you would need from Drew Brees at this point, would be for him to throw a bunch of red zone touchdowns in a game, uh, you know, where, where they get in deep and, you know, they get like they reach like third down and he ends up throwing four in the red zone, you know, which is very conceivable that something like that could happen. But I think that that's what would need to happen. And I think that the Saints at this point, uh, their running game has reached a, a point where they are unstoppable, essentially. And the Redskins have played very good run defense this year. Uh, but I think that the Saints are an offense that they can impose their will with the running game. They just, they remind me very much of the Cowboys. And obviously, you know, it wasn't with like one back. They used two backs, but they have five great offensive linemen and they have two very good backups. And sometimes one of those great stud starters will miss time and they can just plug in one of the backups and, you know, they can play great offense, great offensive line, both from a pass protection and a run blocking standpoint. And that's what the Cowboys were a couple of years ago. You know, a guy would get hurt. Ronald Leary would come in. You know, Lyle Collins would kick over, you know, whatever. Uh, the Cowboys don't do that anymore. The Saints do do that. Uh, and I wanted to know one uh, injury for the Redskins. So 
a couple of weeks ago, the Redskins lost Mason Foster, who they had been using as an every down inside linebacker. Uh, last week, they lost his replacement, Will Compton, uh, to a uh, Liz Frank sprain. Uh, so both of those guys are on IR now. Uh, and, I mean, that could take away from a Redskins run defense that so far has been pretty stout. We're looking at this game. Obviously, Mark Ingram had the big game last week. Alvin Kamara, by the way, also had the big game. How do we approach this Saints running game? Because, like, I, I've got this mental block, right? I'm like, well, I can't play two running backs from the same team. I think that's a reasonable mental block to have. But this Saints team is just proving it that, you know, proving that you actually can. Yeah, I mean, outside of the week before where it was just kind of variance where Ingram didn't find the end zone. But, I mean, Ingram has, a, has one target the past two weeks, which is kind of interesting. You know, he was a guy that had four more targets every game of the season up until two weeks ago. So, I mean, you like to see him get some of that passing game involvement back. Could just be a byproduct of them not throwing um, because his routes per game are kind of in the same area. He just He's just not getting that, you know, opportunity. Kamara is, I think, that got the, the best floor just because of the pass game involvement, even on a site like FanDuel. Um, just because you're chipping away on those points. Um, and he still is getting, you know, carries inside the 10 as well. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think you can you can play both these guys. I mean, you can't play them both in a cash lineup together, but you can definitely play. It's been proven, you know, the past, you know, five mm-hmm. weeks, you can totally play them in tournament lineups together. They've just been reeling off RB1 performances together in unison. So, I mean, why not? You know, um, like I said, the touchdown regression is eventually going to happen. You're not going to put up, you know, 13 touchdowns, five passing touchdowns regularly in the NFL. Uh, but why not just keep riding the wave here, you know, in tournament town? So, Evan, are you going to attack the running game here? Are you going to go with the passing game? Like, I, I, the Saints are going to score, and it feels weird because I have no idea where it's going to come from. I mean, Mark Ingram is always the, the best play on FanDuel, and I, I just would play, uh, you know, if, if I'm going to use some breeze, and I probably will, just play him with one of the RBs because he certainly can – you know, it's a little concerning that Ingram has not been used in the passing game recently, but they really haven't had any reason to force feed him targets. Uh, and I think that in, this game could be a little bit more up and down than the games that they've experienced recently. Uh, so I just play him with, with one of his RBs. You know, Michael Thomas is going to get a lot of routes away from Josh Norman's side, uh, like over half of his routes away from Josh Norman's side. But I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of, you know, past trying to use him in tournaments. I just don't know if he's got to score two touchdowns. He, he has to score two touchdowns, and it's tough to score two touchdowns in the same game. I mean, I think he's capable of it, but it's it's not easy. Uh, so I think I would just play Breeze with, with one of the running backs, if not both. And Reeves, on the other side of the ball, we've got Washington. And the Saints defense has been really good. Rob Kelly, he's obviously on IR. We saw Chris Thompson get a little bit banged up last week. Yeah, but, I, I mean, I, I don't know. He just didn't seem to have quite as much explosion. Samaji P. Ryan, he's going to be getting a lot of action this week, Reeves. What do you think of this Washington offense? I mean, you, you got to look at Chris Thompson and, and, and like the layout for him here. I mean, he the last time that uh, Rob Kelly was inactive, you know, Chris Thompson had 20 touches. He had 16 rushing attempts. They didn't go for a lot of yards, but, I mean, they were there. I mean, this is a team I think that they just ultimately trust – Chris Thompson more than Samaj P. Ryan. I mean, Samaj P. Ryan is a guy that consistently from the preseason throughout any opportunity he's gotten in the regular season has really not done much of, of anything, you know, and he's lost, he's put the ball on the carpet a few times. I think it's, you know, you got to pay for Chris Thompson. That's the only unfortunate thing is he's not a guy that, you know, he's not priced like the other satellite backs out there. So you've got to pay for him on, on either site. Um, but if, you know, if you're stacking this game, you know, a tournament option, like you're going to keep looking at him. I mean, the Saints, uh, opposing teams have targeted their running backs 28% of the time against the Saints. That's the highest rate in the league. So there's going to be a lot of opportunity for a guy like Chris Thompson, especially if he's going to get more work in the rushing game. Uh, Jamison Crowder is kind of coming back to life here. He's not a guy you really want to play in DFS because he hasn't scored a touchdown in 12 games dating back to last year. But he's kind of gone the last two games. He's, his, he's starting to get targeted uh, very heavily. You know, he's starting to get – he's been targeted on 26% of his routes the past two games. It was just 15% for the season prior than that. Ryan Grant got hurt. I mean, they are playing a guy they signed up the practice squad over Terrell Pryor now. Josh Doxson's going to see Marshawn Lattimore. He's got another, you know, just bad. Josh Doxson just run into like a litany of bad draws on the perimeter. So, I mean, it's going to be a game where I think it's going to be, you know, Vernon Davis, obviously, if Jordan Reed is out. Vernon Davis has been a top five, six tight end every week that he's been out. You know, Chris Big Thompson. Burn. and Jamison Crowder. We want to hone in the middle of the field there. That's that's where it's at. I mean, that's, that's where you want to attack the Saints, man. Put those linebackers in coverage still, and that's what we want to do work on.
So between Crowder and Big Vern, Evan, I know the answer to this, but I'm going to ask it anyway. So who do you prefer? The biggest regret that I have from last week, and I seriously considered doing it on Sunday, was just switching out all my braid to, to Big Vern. And that would have been a massive, massive shift. Yeah. And I, I, I switched some of them, but, you know, I had, I, I, it really crossed my mind to just shift it all to Big Vern because I knew that Big Vern would be uh, really low owned because people just didn't really know until Sunday morning whether he was even an option. And I knew that Bray was going to ah, just – kicking myself for that. I mean, that's like a, that's like a 14 point swing even on FanDuel last week. And that was something that I, I, I wish that I would have done. Um, Doxon is like the most hyped player in fantasy I've ever seen that has not done anything. <laughs> you hate I mean, I, so much. I, I really don't. I just, <laughs> I see hype about him every single week and he hasn't done anything. I mean, he doesn't even get targets. Like he, he doesn't get big targets. He, he has bad matchups every week. You know, he's he's still learning how to play the game at the NFL level. And I I mean, I'm sure he's going to have a big game one of these games, you know, but I, this is a Vernon Davis, Jamison Crowder, Chris Thompson game. Uh, that's where you beat the Saints. And that's where the targets go anyways in the Redskins offense. So those are the guys to look at. Yeah, Chris Thompson. I mean, I know Reeves, you said he was, maybe it's on FanDuel. 5.4K on DK for Chris Thompson seems perfectly reasonable to me at least. I mean, especially if you think the uh, the Saints are going to put up points. The nice thing is, Chris Thompson, he can't get game scripted out. He's going to catch passes. Mm-hmm. He's going to rush the ball. I like Chris Thompson plenty. Let's go on to the Chiefs and the Giants. Reeves, is there anything you want to show the people? Yeah, you know, it is a, uh, a, a Jesus Smith week. Uh, you know, he's probably, you know, I don't think that there's a better quarterback play on the board uh, than Alex Smith this week. I mean, it's, you know, when you – look at this point in the season we do this every fantasy season we're to the point now where we're looking at specific defenses and we know we can just hammer them every week and that is what the Giants have turned to every week we we pull up the slate and say who's playing the Giants and it just so happens they are playing a team that has not has been one of the best offenses in the NFL but historically you know Andy Reid teams just smash coming out of the buys they're 16 and 2 uh, coming out of buys in Andy Reid's career and, you know, the matchup just couldn't set up on paper any better. If it was in Kansas City, is the only way it could be better. I mean, the Giants are allowing the most passing points per pass attempt to opposing passers. Alex Smith's second in the league in that category. The Giants have allowed 10 touchdowns from outside the red zone. That's the most in the league. The Chiefs are second in that category. Uh, the, the Giants have allowed 48% of their passing yards on completions of 20 or more yards. It's 31st in the league. 41% of Alex Smith's passing yards come on those types of throws. That's the highest rate in the league. Uh, Kareem Hunt, if you want to flip to Kareem Hunt, I mean, he's a guy that people haven't wanted to play because he hasn't scored, you know, since week three. But the Chiefs just haven't really gotten – we talked about it with the Saints backs uh, and rushing touchdowns being, you know, more circumstantial where you are in the field. Well, the Chiefs are just bypassing, you know, the point of the field to get Kareem Hunt touchdowns. Uh, Since that week – since his last touchdown in week three, the Kansas City Chiefs have run five total plays inside the opponent's five-yard line. That is uh, only the Bears and the Giants have run less. Uh, But they're still scoring just boatloads of points. I mean, for them to not have that many opportunities and still score all these points, you know, eventually that's going to flip and come around. And the Giants have just gotten, since they've come off a bye, just gotten crushed on the ground by the Rams and the 49ers the past two weeks. Uh, There's not a Chiefs dude I I don't think you can't play in this game. Um, Travis Kelsey is, is egregiously underpriced on both sites, I think, for the matchup, you know, given what, and then the given his production, no one has more hundred yard receiving games since the start of last season than Travis Kelsey. They should have made him basically, you know, like nine K on each site just, yeah. to, just to make us work for it because he's probably going to be the highest zone player. I feel this weekend. Probably uh, justified Evan. I expected last week, and I know we talked about Eli Manning last week. I expected if I, I thought if the giants we're going to maybe not turn this thing around, but at least show a little bit of pride. It was going to happen last week. Just, you know, going into San Fran, a game that they should in theory have had a shot in. And obviously they just got, they just got killed there. It's tough for me to ever have faith in the Giants defense or offense, to be honest, going forward. Yeah. I mean, their offense showed up a little bit. Mm-hmm. I mean, Shepard came out, he, he rocked, yeah. you know, I hope you played a lot of Sterling Shepard last week. I think he's still in a solid price range, mm-hmm. even on FanDuel where he doesn't really fit that FanDuel archetype uh, at 6,500. I mean, he's, he legitimately has a shot at 10 to 15 targets every single week. Uh, and chief slot coverage. I mean, there's they they switched out their slot corners recently, but 
Uh, the dude they put in, Steven Nelson, he got beat for two touchdowns in the last game by Cole Beasley. Uh, so, you know, I, I want to talk a little bit about the Ty Freak, though, man, the, the, the Freak yeah. show. Because he has these crazy home road splits this year. You know, it's he's it's been ridiculous. And it's definitely skewed by matchup. He's had better matchups uh, in away games. But he's been the wide receiver three, wide receiver 17, wide receiver 14, wide receiver three, wide receiver 18 in away games. Uh, on the road, at home, he's been the wide receiver 45, wide receiver 51, wide receiver 43, wide receiver 57. So huge, huge uh, differential there. And I see no reason that that would stop here against the Giants. You know, if you've watched the Giants recently, they don't tackle. They're the most, they're the least disciplined uh, defense in the league. Uh, they blow coverages constantly. I haven't seen Janoris Jenkins play well since like week three. Um the Giants on the season have given up the second most completions of 20 plus yards and the fourth most completions of 40 plus yards. And a lot of those have been stuffed into the last couple of weeks. So, uh, the, I mean, w what does Tyree kill do? Well, he, he creates big plays and the Giants give up big plays. And so I really, really like Tyreek. I, you know, as Reeves mentioned, really, really like, um, Travis Kelsey, I mean, who wouldn't, you know, any tight end. Garrett Selleck, 14 catches in his four-year <laughs> college career, is like a fantasy tight end against this defense. I mean, that is just pathetic. I wanted to mention one concern. Apparently, there are some weather concerns in this game. Uh, you know, it's friggin' Wednesday, and I don't freak out about any, uh, you know, weather until, like, Sunday morning until, until it starts moving lines. Um, but I know that, you know, by Friday, Saturday, Sunday, we're going to be getting a lot of questions. Should I play this guy? I mean, it's, it's raining, you know. So that that's going to pop up a lot. And I'll tell you right now, the answer for me is I don't know. I don't know. Right. I've never made a good decision. But, you know, when I've, when I've ever made a decision that was based on the weather for my own fantasy teams, it has never worked out. It has never yeah, worked out positively. Sure. I mean, I'm telling you right now. So I don't know. So, you know, good luck. You guys are on your own with the weather stuff. <laughs> I desperately hope that we get to a situation on Sunday morning. Let's say that it looks like it's going to rain and people are going to be, well, I can't play Tyreek Ty Hill or Kareem Hunt now. And we just get to sit around and say, well, defenders slip in the rain too. And guys like Tyreek Hill, where they know where they're going, as opposed to, you know, these defenders who have to, you know, they're, they're trying to keep up. Like, that could get really ugly for some of those defenders. The rain absolutely can be a positive for the offense. Yeah. I mean, there's no question about that. You know, the, the defense, they have to backpedal. If you're a cornerback, you have to backpedal. Think about backpedaling or versus running forward, you know, when it's muddy. What would you rather be doing? I think I know what I would rather be doing. I'd rather sit inside and watch the games on TV. <laughs> <laughs> So any, we mentioned the uh, Giants and Sterling Shepard. He's 6,300 on DK. Reeves, is he pretty much the only option on the Giants that you're looking toward this week? Yeah, I mean, he, you're looking at him. I mean, you can flirt with Eli if you want to, like, do something interesting. I mean, it's a, it's a similar spot. I mean, the Chiefs defense is, is really just as bad. You know, they, they, they're really bad across the board unanimously. And Eli's in a similar spot. Like, this game, I mean, if the weather doesn't – isn't a factor. I mean, like the over is hitting in this game, right? Like we, we kind of agree there. Like, like there's yeah. money on the over today. Yeah, I would think okay. so. When this yeah. line first came out, I said, this, this is, a, this is an over spot for sure. Cause I mean, the giants are still going to score two or three touchdowns is what they do. Uh, you know, Evan Ingram has been a solid play. He, you can play him. I mean, it's a, it's a very concentrated, you know, usage tree now. Um, you know, we can count on them to throw a lot and it's going to go, the targets are going to Evan Ingram and Stoney Shepard. And, you know, Eli's kind of, he got there last week. I mean, if you played him, like I told you, I kind of have a strict, no Eli Manning rule, so I don't play him, but I mean, he was there at QB 12 and it's a similar spot. The Chiefs are 25th in passing points allowed per game. Uh, to circle back on Evan's point, I mean, the Giants have a lot of five touchdowns to wide receivers um, in their past three games. And four of those have been 35 yards or longer. So, I mean, if there's one dude that's going to do it this week, I mean, it's going to be, you know, Tyree Kill. Or the, or, or the Marcus Robinson from three weeks ago. Oh, uh, we're not that again. No. <laughs> so, not no. to Marcus Oh, that was – that did not end well. That was painful. That it was, was painful. painful. But I think the big – you're looking at the big four on the Chiefs side, and you're looking at Ingram, and you're looking at Shepard uh, for, for your game stacking purposes in this game. And it's a game that I'm probably going to have a, a lot of ownership in for, for tournaments, and a lot of other people will too. It just depends what you pair them with. I mean, 
it's and then Kelsey is the obvious cash game play. Uh, I did want to give Demarcus Robinson though a shout in that Dallas game where we all played him. Uh, to uh, he had a great block on Tyreek. <laughs> Tyreek's uh, what, what do they call it? Like the dump off hail mary. Or the whatever. hill mary is what they call it. The, the hill mary. Okay, he had a great block <laughs> on that play. So, shouts. Yay. Yeah. Thanks, <laughs> thanks Demarcus. Are you guys out on are you guys playing Kareem Hunt? Like are is are, 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 yes! are you guys how do you how do you guys feel in the Kareem Hunt situation that he's you know not hit I, for I, us, but I mean right. I, I feel like like running back touchdown is touchdowns are really high variance and eventually it's gonna mm-hmm. go the other way for Kareem Hunt. That's how I feel it. It's you know, you mentioned that they give up a lot of big plays in the passing game. They give up a ton in the running game too. Like Kareem Hunt, again, a guy like that who can just crush it in those spots. I'm I will probably have either Hill, uh, Kelsey, or Hunt on every single lineup I build this weekend. And you guys know I'm going to build my 300 lineups because that's how I roll. All right, let's talk about our third game. It's New England and Oakland. It's in Oakland. It's in Mexico City, not Oklahoma City. That was 53 and a half total. That total's already moved up two points. New England, six and a half point favorite. Evan, with the New England offense, Chris Hogan, he's probably going to be out. I mean, we know it like last week the question was, well, is it going to be James White? It was going to be Deion Lewis, Rex Burkhead. Well, guess what? It was all of them. Um, which is there a particular running back you're looking toward uh, this week? I know the answer is yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. I mean, are you kidding me? Oh, everybody, everybody likes Rex Burkhead now, huh? Yeah. Interesting. We were, a week Interesting. Early, baby. We Interesting. were there. Yeah. Um, Burkett is the man, you know, he's, he's just really good at, at the game. Uh, he's good at everything that he does. Uh, he's like taking snaps away from James White. Um, he's just really good, dude. And, uh, he's gonna, he's gonna ball here. Uh, the, the Raiders have given up the, uh, the six most catches and seventh most receiving yards to opposing running backs. Rex Burkhead, uh, led all Patriots running backs in snaps last week. Uh, he can run inside. He can block punts on special teams. They give it to him in scoring position. They throw him. It, they throw it to him on angle routes. Uh, I mean, everything to like about him. Isn't his price thirty six hundred on DK? Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. Lock I mean, button. I, I, lock yeah, button. exactly. Like I don't know why. Like maybe they. And I understand they had the primetime game, so this the numbers came out earlier, mm-hmm. so they didn't get the right adjustment with Burkhead. But I mean, did you read? Did you happen to see the ownership with Burkhead and James White on the light, the night slate last week? You you know what? I forgot to to check when I did it. Um, I for, okay, I forgot. I'll, t- I'll tell you, I, and I'm just doing this by memory. James White was right around fifty percent. Burkhead sixteen percent. And I I think wow. that actually might be flip flop this week because everybody this week. Hey guys. Well, I played him. I played him in a hundred percent of Monday Thursday games. I just haven't checked to see how they were doing. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't really pull those up until you know th- this game gets underway and yeah. kind of, we get a feel for that. So you never want to be teased, man, when you get on the right guys. <laughs> or the which, which how excited Reeves is now that he found out how low on Burkhead was. He's like, oh really? Maybe I'll just maybe I'll just pull those up and you know give him a little victory lap. But yeah, oh, no, that's, those are already over though. That was the not the Monday night game. That was oh, the Sunday yeah, night yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. that one was. But so was, I, I had him and it didn't matter because I, oh, yeah, I didn't have. I think I had more Gronk than Ed Dixon and not enough. Everybody uh, had more Gronk than Ed Dixon. Yeah, uh, well, McCa- no McCaffrey. Uh, you know, there's some kill. The Panthers put up so many points that I like. I only had Funchess was like the only dude I had a piece of outside of Cam. Curtis Samuel is very hurt. He's Curtis Samuel is very hurt. Yeah. Yeah, that was a killer. (laughs) So, anyways, this New England offense, we love Burkhead. What do we do with Lewis, White, Brandon Cooks, Rob Gronk? I mean, there are so many different ways we can go that I don't think one piece is enough in this game. So, so I asked – or Reeves said before that he likes Alex Smith as the best quarterback play on the slate. I mean, I don't want to put words in your mouth. But but Brady is the best play, right? Well, it would cost. Cost, yeah. cost, cost relative. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah I mean, Alex is 67 on DK and he's priced the same as golf on FanDuel. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I mean, this is just a monster, monster smash spot for Brady and Gronk. And, you know, I think a lot of people probably played Gronk as they should have last week against the Broncos. Um, and I, are those people are going to, going to shy away from him here because well, this is, this is, again, this is as, as good as it gets. I, I think they'll shy away. I just think more will mm-hmm. play Kelsey, and they're not going to pay yeah. a double tight end. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. Okay. Yeah. So the Raiders are terrible against tight ends. I mean, AJ Derby lit them up. Vernon Davis lit them up. Travis Kelsey had a good game against them. Delaney Walker lit them up. Julius Thomas had his only good game all year. He had a monster game against them. Hunter Henry, five for 90. Uh, so, you know, it's, this is, this is another awesome spot for Gronk, for Brady. Uh, Deion Lewis, you know, the, the thing that kind of stinks about him, he, and, you know, he entered the league like projected to be sort of like a passing down back. They don't even use him in the passing game. He has multiple catches in just three of his nine games. Uh, so he should, you know, he needs to be cheap on DK, really, I think, to be a good play. I do think he's a good bet for a touchdown. I mean, you know, a relatively good bet for a touchdown. Uh, and I think he'll get like 13 to maybe 17 touches. The matchup is great. But he, they really don't use him in the passing game. And that is, you know, that's a concern for his floor and uh, certainly for his outlook on DraftKings. So let's talk about Brandon Cooks real quick, because he has been close so many times to absolutely going off. And it just hasn't really seemed to happen yet. Is this the week it's going to happen? Yeah, you know, he actually for, you know, for the stigma of being a volatile player, he's actually had a pretty, you know, stable, stable floor. And, you know, some of that came last week, they were pumping him wide receiver screens when they were up 20, you know, boosting, boosting his output, but he's, he's been solid. Um, I was looking to pull up, uh, you know, cause I, I, I didn't have it ready cause we were going there. His, his, this, this is a game where we would like to use him because, you know, those long Raiders cornerbacks, we always talk about, I mean, he's a speed guy. He torched them last year in that week one game when we were, when we were on that game, kind of being a shootout, but his grass splits are kind of bad, aren't they? I mean, I mean, we're playing it. I mean, we're, we're, I mean, you're not going away from him, but uh, I mean, uh, he's been a guy that typically, you know, you want to get that in that fast track, you know, like a T.Y. Hilton like type of guy for that, for that big ceiling to hit, but the matchup is there. I mean, um, the Raiders are allowing the second most, you know, fancy points for target to wide receivers. They're giving up big plays. I mean, he's a guy that's still going to hit overall. Their production is limited uh, because they're just getting crushed by backs and tight ends out of the passing game, like Evan kind of alluded to. I mean, they're 30th in receiving points out of backfields, which is the worst type scenario when you're facing a team like New England because they'll, they, they might just come with the same game plan and just, just bleed them to death like they've done the last two teams with those backs. They've shown that they're, they're willing to do that their past two games against the Chargers and the Broncos. Now, neither of the, um, the Raiders guys, their boundary corners aren't as good here, so it opened up more for the other guys. But Hogan's going to miss again. He's not going to play. Uh, Amendola really has done, like, nothing of significant note except for when, like, Gronk hasn't done anything. Uh, when Gronk didn't play and when Gronk didn't do anything in week one, that's kind of when Amendola's popped. Those, so, I mean – we're, we're going to looking at cooks. We're looking at the running backs. We're looking at Gronk. Uh, and you know, we're looking at Brady. It's, it's, I think it's pretty clear that, that that's yeah. where you want to, that's where you want to focus. Uh, you know, when you're looking at this thing. So Burkhead, Gronk, cooks, Brady. I wanted to mention that this game, uh, so it's in Mexico, it's played at altitude. So I have this written down. Hold on. Wait, hold on. Yeah. Wait, I have this. I have this. I'm excited Brilliant. because I wrote this down. Oh, I got to find it. Hold on. Oh yeah. The elevation in Mexico city. 7,382, and by comparison, that is 2,100 feet higher than Denver. Play Denver, boys. Right. So um, the Bronco or the Patriots did play in Denver last week, so they've already at least got some experience, you know, just last week having played, you know, at, at altitude, and I'm sure that Belichick is going to have them very, you know, very prepared for this. The Raiders also played at altitude last year. They played in Mexico. They played the Texans uh, in Mexico. So, you know, Derek Carr on the other side, and we just flip it to the other side. Derek Carr has been very, very boomer bust this year uh, in terms of his fantasy results. You know, the guys that I'm looking at over here are Amari Cooper. Uh, he's got nine or more targets in three straight games. I know everybody hates him right now. But I think if you're going to bring it back, I, I think you want to bring it back with one of these guys. And for me, it's Amari. I also get uh, Crabtree uh, for sure. But the, the way that you, you you get after the Patriots, and they have not been giving up a lot of points lately because they played a lot of teams that really don't score a lot of points or they're catching a team in the fog or, you know, they're catching a West Coast team at 1 p.m. Eastern time. I mean, their schedule is just so ridiculously favorable. You know, even when they play like halfway decent teams, they're catching them in like amazing spots, you know, amazingly favorable spots. Uh, but 
you can get after their their cornerbacks. I mean, like Malcolm Butler couldn't cover Emmanuel Sanders last Sunday night, uh, and Demarius also had a good game. Uh, so I think we're we're looking at these wideouts. I also think that Jared Cook deserves a mention. You know, he is a guy that no one really talks about. I feel like and. He's seventh among tight ends and fourth in yards. And Austin Shafarian Jenkins had a good game against the Pats. Cameron Brait, Ryan Griffin, Kobe Fleener, Ed Dixon, giving up good games to a lot of different tight ends. And so I think that, you know, these wide receivers in this tight end, these are, they're all in really good spots. We have significant money already on the over. You know, Reeves, how are you feeling about Derek Carr and you for, uh, for beast mode? Uh, beast mode's a little tricky. I do want to say, I do like Jared cook a lot. You know, I mean, if you look at the past three games, he's been a tight end one. He's actually been a tight end one now in, um, out of the seven full games, Derek Carr has played Jared cook's been a tight end one in five of them. And he's got 200 yard games. He's the only other tight end outside of Travis Kelsey to have multiple hundred yard games in the season. He's actually, since he started gotten going, we saw Crabtree's production kind of start to slip here. And Crabtree was never like a real high yardage guy to begin with. So, I mean, uh, Cook's starting to get a lot of targets and it's kind of taken away a little bit. Starting to turn like a three-headed monster instead of a two-headed monster. Uh, Amari, I like a lot. Like, he's very similar type of receiver to Emmanuel Sanders who gave the business to Malcolm Butler last week. Um, you like Amari? I like Amari a little bit more now because he still he, – we've had the big game against the Chiefs, but the last two games he's at least had a floor. Uh, he's still been a wide receiver three at least, you know, the past two weeks. He's given you something, not just these – I mean, he was put, giving you zeros. Uh, you know, for stretches there, you're getting at least production to build off of now, instead of just saying, I'm, I'm, I might get nothing out of this spot. He's actually more expensive now than Crabtree and DraftKings this week. Um, but uh, Carr is interesting because if you look at like, he's got three 300 yard games in a row, two of those games, he threw 52 passes and 49 passes. And that's something to similar total we might see go down here. Um, it just depends on what we, what kind of pacing we get because the Patriots uh, are kind of using that intermediate passing game now as, you know, their rushing game uh, until late in the games. So, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's, it's kind of turning into where there might not be uh, – it might not be as back and forth as we want, but there's potential for it to get there. Uh, and, you know, Derek Carr is another guy that's just had some kind of crummy touchdown luck for as many, as many yards as he's throwing for. I mean, he's just got one touchdown each of the past few games of throwing for a ton of yards. Uh, Marshawn, I think the matchup is good, but you're still at the mercy of just him getting in the end zone. The touches still, we talk about this. And it's very interesting because I still like contend that Marshawn has been fine all year. Like he's played well. To me, he still passes the eyeball test. He's making guys miss. He's getting positive runs. Uh, they just have yet to just say, like, we're going to give you the ball 20 times. Even last week, I mean, he was running hot against Miami. He's got 15 carries. Like, I mean, I don't understand. And that game's in the rain and in, in, in the, on a terrible field and a, where you should want to run Marshawn Lynch a bunch of times. And they've just been unwilling to do it. Um, so, I mean, you're in, a, in a shootout, are you going to play a guy that has multiple touchdown potential in the tournament? Sure, you will. And he's super cheap on both sides. Uh, but, I mean, you see a guy like I'm actively trying to push in the lineups? Probably not. But I'm going to get a little bit uh, just because they don't – we've been here. I mean, I want to keep pushing the button on him because the touchdown potential and – and what, how he's looked on the field, but they just don't want to give him the football. Yeah, and, you know, the problem with Marshawn, and that's, that's exactly right, and he has been fine, but I don't – if he ever has a game where he gets 25 touches, I'm not going to profit from it. I'm not going to be playing him at all. I, haven't, I don't think I've played him a single time this week or this year. I, it's not going to start this week, and now we're all the way to week 11. I don't think I'm going to end up playing him this, this year. Evan, what do you feel about Marshawn? Yeah, I mean, you know, in that game against the Dolphins, those were all season highs that he said. He was 60% of the snaps. He was, I think, eight, 18 touches without – or 16 touches. That was his most since week one. That was a good matchup. He did well in it. I agree with Reeves that he's looked good. You can absolutely run on the Patriots. I mean, they give up five yards per carry flat to opposing RBs. They're like 29th in run defense DVOA. Uh, I wish they would commit to him as a feature back, but they have shown no intentions of doing so. Uh, and, I, you know, they're just they, – they're like a scatterbrained team. Like, I don't understand what they do on really either side of the ball. You know, they're – they are they're, – they're a – they put on a clinic in suboptimal decision-making uh, <laughs> from, from a defensive and offensive standpoint. 
And, you know, that's why a lot of their players in fantasy are very frustrating, honestly. And that's why they're one of the reasons that their defense is so bad. I mean, they have, they have a lot of good players on defense. They, they really do major holes on defense. But, you know, they have shown like coaches should be able to maximize the strengths of their players and minimize the weaknesses of their personnel. And they have, you know, they, they do the opposite of that. And they're, 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 you know, bottom five coach team, I think, in the NFL. It sounds like you're describing the Chargers, even though I know you're not. They're right down there with them. They're right down there with them. It's like the way you were talking right there, it easily could have been the Chargers. I know it was the Raiders, but it easily could have been the Chargers. Let's move on to bounce backs. Um, I I have a guy this week. I think Melvin Gordon might bounce back, though I don't know what to think about this running back situation. And I'm glad we're on this show because, Evan, this is a you question right here, buddy. (laughs) What is going to happen with this Chargers running back situation? Uh, I mean, you know, I like, so I have, you know, I like, I have like biases sometimes, you know, and I try to like talk about my biases and like, you know, like admit my biases and like embrace them as opposed to like, you know, trying to cover them up, you know, and let them bleed into, you know, the, th- the things that I think my biggest bias is against players that are bad. Okay. And, you know, of course, like against teams that are bad, you know, um, but my, my biggest bias is definitely against like players that are bad. And so I will never play Melvin Gordon. I mean, I, I just decided I will never play him, uh, you know, and that's going to cost me money sometimes, you know, and, uh, you know, I'm going to be okay with that. You know, I'm going to move forward because he stinks. And uh, Austin Eckler is uh, like pretty good. Uh, and that's why you saw last week, you know, in crunch time, they're giving touches to Austin Eckler. Now, Austin Eckler, like, blew it because he lost a fumble that essentially cost him the game or contributed to them losing the game. Yeah, both teams uh, tried the game. But Austin Eckler, like, four weeks in a row, snap rate up, 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 15 touches last week playing in crunch time. So, uh, you know, I just – you know, you can play Melvin Gordon. You know, go ahead. <laughs> uh, but, I, you know, I'm not going to play him. He stinks. Reeves, who's your bounce back candidate this week? Um, I like Mike Evans. I like Mike Evans this week. We talked about it with AJ Green last week, you know, kind of coming off and of, you know, it's it's a narrative, but you know, coming off of an embarrassing moment. You know, a guy that's you know, he's come he's had two duds now and a suspension. Uh, we know he's a really good player and a really good talent. I mean, he's got he's going against just uh I mean if, that game on Monday night, man. I mean, I think like the you know, Evan has fired off a couple of tweets about it. I mean, the Dolphins are probably the least talented team in the NFL, especially defensively. They you, know, suck. From, I mean, you just watch the clinic that the, a team like the Panthers, that, that you have Cam Newton throwing for five yards of pass attempt over the previous month and looked like 2015 Cam, MVP Cam in that game. Uh, this Their secondary is awful. They're 31st in points allowed per target to posting wide receivers, 28th in touchdown rate allowed to the position. They are another team that's giving up long touchdowns to receivers. Uh, you know, so, I mean, Mike Evans is going to have a shot to make, you know, some plays in that game. I also like Keenan Allen. I mean, he's been, he's been bad top 30 score now in just one of his past seven games. Uh, the targets really have started to dry up for him a little bit, but when you look at, you know, Buffalo, uh, you know, Buffalo is just getting roasted by lead wide receivers. And these guys are starting to put up, uh, you know, big games on them, you know, continuously. Michael Thomas had nine for 117 last week. Robbie Anderson, four for 48 and one. Uh, Crabtree at five for 83 the week before that. Evans, seven, 88 and one. Seven one eighty nine and one before that. Julio got knocked out of the game. Uh, Demarius Thomas week for that six for ninety eight. Uh, Kelvin Benjamin six for seventy seven. It's it's just a, a continuous run of of production that Keenan Allen's capable of producing. A lot of catches for you know a moderate amount of yards for where he's priced because he's his prices dropped you know uh, uh, across uh, across the border especially on DK where he's suited. I mean now that we're contingent because Philip Rivers is going through concussion protocol and he just needs to be cleared by. Um, a, a doctor not, you know, associated with the Chargers to pass. It looks all – signs look promising early in the week, but you never want to take that for granted at this stage of the week. So, I mean, if Rivers doesn't play, obviously, you know, eject as, as fast as that. But those two guys I, I like a lot, the receiver position for their price. Evan, who's your bounce back candidate? I got a couple. Uh, I, I don't think I'm going to make a Thursday lineup without Antonio Brown in it. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I think he's going to be 100%. Um, I like uh, Jordan Howard. Now, Jordan Howard, 
so he was like maybe the highest owned running back in fantasy or in daily fantasy last week. Was, was anybody owned higher? Maybe Le'Veon? Bilal Powell. I played oh, zero Powell Jordan sure. Howard last week. Bilal yeah, Powell Bilal. for sure. Yeah. yeah. You were on the right side of that, Reeves. That's smart. Um, <laughs> I wasn't. No, most people weren't. He was super high owned. I mean, yeah. he was super high owned. I played a lot of them. Uh, but he's in like almost the exact same spot as last week. His price is down a little bit. He's not going to – no one's going to want to play him now because he burned everyone. Mm-hmm. People have respect for the Lions defense that just got smashed by Isaiah Crowell and uh, Duke Johnson. Uh, and I think that Jordan Howard is a very interesting tournament play. I think he's almost strictly on FanDuel. He's got to get in the box at least twice on DK to really help you. I mean, he doesn't catch passes at all. He didn't even have a target last week, and they were, like, trailing the entire game. So he's very – I think he's very site-specific, unless he can rip, like, two or three TDs. Uh, but I, I think an awesome tournament play this week. And then the Broncos' defense. Uh, so the Broncos' defense – yeah, yeah. Uh, so the Broncos' defense is embarrassed, shamed. I mean, there's a lot of narrative here, but there's also, you know, just the – the fact that they're playing the Bengals who are 28th in football outsiders adjusted sack rate uh, coming to Denver. You know, I think the Broncos are, are going to, going to mess them up. Now I have thought that the Broncos were going to do things before and they did not do those things, you know, them not doing these things really wouldn't surprise me, but I'm telling you, I mean, I'm, I'm going to play a lot of Broncos D this week. I think the chargers probably on a, on a price basis, probably the mm-hmm. best defensive play, you know, I think they're your cash game uh, defense, but man, the, the Broncos are an amazing spot. Like they should rip if they come to play, which sometimes they don't, you know, if they come to play here, they should rip this Bengals offensive line to, to shreds. I mean, after getting beat week and well, the week before and uh, not even doing well against Kansas city, if Denver doesn't come to play this week, I think they might have some problems there. All right. Let's talk about quarterbacks. Now, it's a fun week at quarterback because we talked about some of the guys that we like. We talked about Brady, obviously, in a smash spot. Alex Smith, um, you know, Reeves is wearing an Alex Smith shirt. Uh, we got Derek Carr as, you know, a guy who could absolutely go off. But there are a number of streamers this week. Reeves, kind of talk about some of these cheaper options that are we have this week. Yeah, I mean, it's this is what makes it fun, man. I think that, you know, a lot of people – played Brian Fitzpatrick lineups last week I noticed that he was he was heavy but you weren't really he didn't really hit but like everyone played him so it was kind of neutral you know it was just what else you had around him um he had that he had that late touchdown that kind of bailed him out just for at least just kind of getting close to just doubling up but that was that was it uh he's in another good spot like I said if you watch the game on night like how do you not think like I Probably want to own a little bit of Ryan Fitzpatrick again uh we talked about the Dolphins defense uh, nobody's got, playing him this week I mean, he has to be on the board, I feel like, because where he's priced. I mean, oh, I agree with you, but nobody's <laughs> playing him this week. Yeah, I mean, because he's going to be under probably, 5%. You got Bortles. Um, I, I know Bortles is a little high on FanDuel, um, higher than I want him to be compared to where I could just go up to Alex Smith, like someone that has a really high high ceiling. Um, but uh, then we got, and we've also got Blaine Gabbert on the board now, who's QB min priced. Um, Konami Gabbert, that is. Yeah. Uh, you know, look at last year. He averaged 5.9 rushing points per game in his starts last year. Uh, if you look at what he did last year with the with, with the 49ers and a team that had basically no uh, production, I mean, look at the points he had. He had week one, he had 14 and a half points, 20.7 points. He had one ultimate dub that'll keep you off, but it was at Seattle with five points. Um, then he had 12 and a half points, 19 and a half points in those games. And he's a guy that can use his legs. He can run. Um, he can get the ball to Larry Fitzgerald. I mean, that's really all he can do is like throw like in, in between the hashes. That's like really his only strength as a passer, if, if we want to call it a strength. But I mean, he can throw in between <laughs> the hashes. He's capable of doing that. Um, at min price, dude, like he's going to run. He's going to, it's a very similar thing that we talked about. And we haven't even talked about the matchup yet. Like what Houston is just, they have nobody healthy. They're getting just decimated, uh, you know, by quarterback play. And they're giving up a lot of rushing yards to quarterbacks is, um, you know, what, one of the things. So, I mean, it's kind of, you know, made the play here that if you're going to just punt the position, like, he's got to be in play. I know no one wants to click on Blaine Gabbert's name, but, I mean, dude, you just close your eyes and take the points, man. Over the last two years when Blaine Gabbert started over half of the uh, – over half of passes – 
have gone up the middle of the field, which we know that's where Larry Fitzgerald runs. That's going to be at Kareem Jackson a lot. And Evan, I know that you know that Kareem Jackson is just uh, not very good. Yeah, my dude this week is definitely Brady. I mean, I think he's going to really, 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 really smash against the Raiders. Uh, Carson Wentz on uh, Sunday Night Football, I think, can have a really big game against Dallas. New Sean Lee, that matter versus both the pass and the run. Russ on Monday night uh, against the Falcons, just playing Russ every single week. You know, it's that that it's it's come to that. Uh, their running game is so bad. Their defense is you know not as good without a you know a couple of key players. They lost Cliff Averill. They they lost uh, Richard Sherman. They're going to have to score. I think the Falcons can actually go to Seattle and score too. I like a lot of the matchups uh, for the Falcons pass catchers. Um, Kirk Cousins, I think, you know, this is a high total game. Uh, I think you could play him with Chris Thompson, Vernon Davis. Yeah, we didn't talk uh, about him. Yeah, Crowder. Um, I think he's a very good player. I know that I have, you know, mass respect for the, the Saints defense, and I, I don't doubt it for a second, but I think that – Kirk can he can get his I mean he got his against the Vikings pass defense too you know and then this game is indoors people want to play Cutler this week so really yeah I mean I've gotten a lot of questions about Cutler this week in football in, in fantasy I think football. he's all right yeah so he's had one game above quarterback 16 on the year and that happened to be against the Raiders who Tom Brady Tom Terrific is playing this week by the way <laughs> uh but Jay Cutler uh He's been good in fantasy one week, like even like hasn't even been mediocre uh, beyond that week. And then, I mean, I, you know, I, I'm, I think that this Bucks defense could do what it did last year, which was, it was, you remember we were attacking it every single week in the first half of last year. Was that uh, one of the weeks you, did you win the Millie with uh, David, Derek Carr? Yeah, dude. Not- yeah. Okay. Okay. That was, oh, no, no, wait, wait, wait. Hold on. It was like it was a game. I think it was an overtime game, actually. That was the Bucks Raiders game. Bucks Raiders game. Yeah, Amari went off. I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and uh, and then it just stopped. Like it just stopped. Like one week, it just. It, it, I think it was a game against Jay Cutler that it stopped. Like I'm not. I'm not even kidding. I think it was the yeah. game that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then the Bucks defense was great the rest of the way. Like, you know, you could play him in, like, you could play the Bucks defense. But in the first half of the year, and, I mean, look, you know, this is not, like, you know, some advanced, like, you know, analysis here, right? <laughs> but, but they're getting all their, all their, you know, all their guys are healthy. Vernon Hargreaves got hurt. That may actually be a positive for them. It can't uh, be any worse. Their, their front is healthy now. And for the most part, they, they've lost some guys. Uh, but for the most – I mean, they just they, – they played really well against the Jets last week. I mean, they entered that game with eight sacks on the year. They had six sacks in that game alone. The Jets couldn't do anything on offense until uh, Robbie Anderson caught that garbage time touchdown, which I had a lot of Robbie Anderson last oh, week yeah. too. So, um, you know, thank, thank, thank the lucky – our lucky stars for that. But I really think that they can, they can finish strong here and I just – I don't know. I mean, I don't know, Reeves. Talk me into color. I mean, from a DFS standpoint, I'm not going to play him uh, because there are just too many other guys that I feel better about in the price range. But I will say from a season-long standpoint, I do think he's a streamer as well because I think this game sets up very similarly to what they – how they would approach the game plan against Oakland two weeks ago. I mean, you have uh, a Buccaneers team that you're going to attack with the running backs out of the backfield, which we know that they want to do. And, you know, you can – and Jarvis Landry and Devontae Parker have plus matchups as well. So, it's, I think it's going to be a game where it's going to be high volume, short passing, get the ball out of Cutler's hands. Uh, one of those type of situations where he has – you know, he, he goes like 27 of 39, but the, you know, the yards per attempt are like six and a half, uh, something small. So, I think he can nickel and dime his way to like a solid fantasy line as long as he doesn't really turn the rock over. I think it just – similarly to the Raiders game. But, I mean, you need a team to score points on the opposite end. And I don't know if the Bucks can really score points um, uh, enough to really make, the, to make that happen. But I think that the thing getting rid of Ajay was, was he was just a black hole of not being able mm-hmm. to do what Adam Gase wants to do as an offense. And he's kind of hinted at that, and they've done it. it I mean, listen, we knew they were going to get smashed in Carolina. But they weren't going to do anything in that game. But I go back to that Raiders game. 
And that's the kind of offense Gase wants to run. It's what, what he had success with, with, with Cutler in Chicago. He, when they had Martellus Bennett and Matt Forte, he wants to throw to those backs out of the backfield. They can't really ground, they can't really line up and run the football like they're doing with JGI. It was just, it didn't make sense for them to, to have some success here with the backside of the passing game uh, and Jarvis Landry. And, you know, even Devontae Parker, considering where he's priced on a set like FanDuel, pop one of these weeks man for yeah. where he's priced i mean he keeps he's got he's been a great floor play he's kind of given us like those robert woods lines but it's like come on man like we know you're capable like you old play. robert woods old robert yeah, woods, yeah. yeah not new robert yeah 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 <laughs> but, you know we're just kind of giving you those wide receiver three weeks those five for 60s those five for 70s and you just can't get over the hump but like they're gonna happen it feels like and he's 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 looked great too and he's making plays just haven't you know you need those tutties man like you gotta get in the end zone I like him this week for sure. So we had a, a listener question to rank the, the streamers. So I got five of them, okay? Can, can you guys do this? I'm ready. All right. I mean, we have to be loyal. We only have four people watch this show. So we have to be loyal to, you know, this is a quarter of our fan base, okay? Uh, Jay Cutler, Eli Manning, Blaine Gabbert, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Blake Bortles. Okay, so here, Bottom I'm going to start it up. I know who's number one, and he's number one on all of our lists. Let's go bottom up. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go with Cutler first. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Wow. Okay, we last. Okay. Yeah, last. Wow. Yeah, okay. last. So we're going <laughs> yeah, bottom he up. Like, oh, my. Oh, he goes, thank God. He was going to – Evan, you have to look me in the eye here like two or three days. You're really going to lose a lot of respect for me if I said <laughs> All right. After that, I'm going to go Eli. Nah, I'll say Fitzpatrick. Me too. I'm going really? Fitzpatrick too. Yeah. Wow, Fitzpatrick is a lot higher on my list than your guys. Okay. All right. I'm into him still. I just think that these guys are all. I mean, we're we're good in brass tacks here. Is Bortles third? I will say Eli third now. Okay. Mm-hmm. I have a uh, Gabbert. No, no, no. I have Bortles third. Bortles third. Okay. See? I look at Bortles, though, man, and it's going to be hard because Bortles has had 16 or more points in three straight games, and the Browns have allowed a top-10 guy yeah. in five of their past seven. And when you look yeah. at the guys that have put up these games against the Browns, I mean, we it was Matt Stafford last week, but Case Keenum, Josh McCown, Andy Dalton, Jacoby Brissett, really hard to say, like, Bortles isn't going to flirt. I mean, eventually their game script's going to take over here, but, I mean, he's got to flirt with 20. There's expected to be – oh, so you're in that area, Rich. Have you looked at the weather in your area, what it's supposed to be like this weekend? No, no because, I mean, I did. I mean, I looked outside yeah. today. I didn't go outside, but I looked outside. Right, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I mean, dude, this is like, we're at the point of the year like where I live, man. Like, I'm not even like it's just right. gray for like six months. <laughs> oh, me too, man. Me too. Yeah. Me too. We're me all too. in the Midwest. We all know it's, it's yeah. awful, man. But I mean, uh, I like I'm with you though, man. Like, I tend to not forget about the weather, especially this earlier in the week. One, I tend yeah. not to forget about it at all because, like you said, most decisions made are suboptimal. Unless we have yeah. a game like that Eagles Lions game a few years ago, where like you're looking, dudes are tweeting live right. pictures, like, "Hey, dude, this looks like Planet Hoth out here. You might want to sit some dudes." <laughs> Uh, that's, like, like that's really it. Like, um, other didn't, than didn't that, Sean like, McCoy like scored four touchdowns in that game too, or something. Jerry Crazy, Ross like, ran like two kicks back. Uh, that was remember everyone was riding Nick Foles. That was in the middle of like the Nick yeah. Foles mega streak, and people yeah. were like, "What do you do? You got to sit Nick Foles." That was just like a really weird game. Nick Foles know anything but that? Like, like yeah, it was just a really weird. Like, unless someone's showing me pictures like that, where I like really like start to freak out. Like, I really just don't even like what let weather really play in like my decision making because a lot of I know wind wind is a significant factor but wind is hard to predict like we don't usually know until it's in game uh because remember there was a game a couple years ago it was two years before when the raiders played the vikings and everyone's like there's 30 mile per hour winds projected all the weather analysts were like yep it's 30 mile per hour winds they came out and both dudes threw for like 300 yards and like touch it's like Mm -hmm. because it never Mm -hmm. happened in game the weather never happened uh the winds so it's like one of those fickle and we know wind is significant but it's just one of those things that just it it it's so fleeting it's like just how do you, yeah brady I mean, has had some monster snow games in the past all right we so know, I'm just, I'm, we know okay. precipitation doesn't matter right right sorry so i'm just gonna rank these guys one through five okay i'm i'm going with eli number one against kansas city 
Love attacking that Kansas City defense. It, it pays off every time. I'm going with Gabbert, Konabi Code, as Reeves calls it. Uh, number two, I'm going Bortles, number three, although I might switch uh, him ab- above Gabbert. And then I'm going Fitzpatrick Cutler at four and five. I just want to play all the Gabbert this week. I love that he, you know, the only, place, the only place he targets is where Houston is. That's their biggest weakness. He's going to get some rushing points for me. I mean, he's. Did you guys, he, did you guys see him uh, dancing around in that uh, ballerina outfit last week? Uh, how did he there. end up more than Dalton, man? How did they get, how did they beat us to the punch on that, <laughs> on DK? How did they beat us to the punch on DK? That's because the Broncos defense is going to score about 30 points this week. That's why. <laughs> All right, let's talk uh, real quick. Let's talk some wide receivers and tight ends. Um, it, Reeves, who are some of the wideouts that we haven't discussed this week that you like? Listen, I'm ready to talk about some gross play. I mean, it's like this we're point of year, man. We're just, I want to talk about bad players and doing stuff. And I mean, a dude that I guess that's perceived bad, but has been good the last two weeks. Dude, 4,500 on DraftKings is egregious. Jeremy Macklin uh, uh, against the Packers. He's been the wide receiver 14 in each of his weeks back through injury. Uh, it's another strong matchup. The Packers are 28th in points allowed to receivers. Uh, Demarius Randall's been completely terrible. He's the only guy we can count on uh, in the Baltimore offense. Uh, it, I mean, I just look at his price, 4,500 on DK. I mean, in the mat, I, I just look at Jeremy Macklin. I don't know how you, you don't play him, uh, you know, in cash lineups. Interesting. I hadn't thought about him at all. I mean, I seriously, like we've talked about all, all the guys that I like. I mean, okay. yeah. Are there any tight ends that we haven't touched on? Because I understand like some people are going to want some other tight ends. To me, it's Kelsey, it's Gronk, and it's Cook. And guess Big what? Vern. Big Vern. And, oh, and Big Vern. Yeah, Big Vern. I'm just I like anybody else. I think you're just getting too cute this week. That's, that's sort of how I feel. And you can play, you can absolutely play two tight ends this week. So, Guys, we gotta get off here. We gotta we got lineups to build. We got a little more research to do. Evan, I'm gonna see you this weekend, right? Yeah, man, I'm I'm excited. I'm gonna give you a big, big, big hug, dude. That's good. Well, you're gonna have to bend down. Very short. Are you gonna That's play basketball with us on Saturday? Uh, if I'm not too hungover, yes. So that's a no. Okay. Reeves, <laughs> I there's still time to get your ticket. There's still time to get your hotel room, and. Uh, Hey, you can come. You can come snuggle with either one of these two good-looking big boys right here. <laughs> come on down, Nashville. It's going to be a good time. But we got to get off here now. Thanks so much uh, for tuning in to Real World DFS Pick Six, sponsored by Roto Grinders. For Rich Rebar, for Evan Silva, I'm Eric Crane. We'll catch you guys later. Peace.